welcome to episode 96 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with LastOneToLeadTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And I just want to start this podcast by explaining <laughs> the, the current state that Matt and I are in. <laughs> and me. And me. <laughs> and you. I worked overnight last um, night. I'm working overnight tonight, so... Yeah, you got to nap a little during the day, though. I, I don't sleep during the day, so. We, uh, Matt and I were in San Diego the last few days, and we just landed back around 6.30 tonight, and we, this is roughly a little over two hours later, um, so we're pretty tired. So, yeah, we are, so we might not be our usual peppy selves. <laughs> We yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. We've also like, had some technical issues tonight, so we're <laughs> off to a really strong start. Yeah, um, but we want to hop right into things um, and tell you a little bit about the event that Matt and I were at the last couple of days. Um, Kia does this really amazing event every year in which they invite roughly fifty influencers, social media influencers, to come out to San Diego, stay at the Hard Rock Hotel, and experience. Um, their their lineup of vehicles and uh, everything's kind of centered around a rock and roll theme and it's just a really fun event in which you get to celebrate music but also um, the lifestyle of the brand and kind of I mean really this rebranding that's happening with Kia and this um, really cool direction they've been going in for the last couple of years and now that's really apparent with uh, the Kia Stinger of course um, but we were out there for that and I flew in on Monday and, and Matt came in on Tuesday and we had a big opening night party. And then yesterday we got to, uh, drive vehicles around the city. They had the Sorento, the Soul, and, um, of course the Kia Stinger. There was 12 Kia Stingers there. And, um, that's the one everybody wanted Stingers. I think I think maybe one of the Sorrentos got driven, <laughs> which is one of the more the more popular cars um, of the of the Kia brand. It's a really great family SUV, but everyone wanted to drive the Stinger because you're in LA or LA, you're in San Diego, and you're you know um, all these conversations about music, the amazing um, sound system in the Stinger. It was just um, something that everyone wanted to do. So Kia had this challenge for all of the influencers that got paired into different groups. They had to make this video, um, 90 second video that basically showcased, um, you know, either like a fun skit or like a carpool karaoke thing, or really it could be about whatever you wanted as long as it featured the car you were in for the day. Yeah. And um, there are some pretty interesting submissions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you were you were a judge, um, so you got to see them all. I was, I was a like, judge. I'm, I'm kind of um, disappointed that they didn't play all of them. Granted, that probably would have took well, too long. It definitely would have taken too long, and that's what we were kind of going through um, with the ones that were shown and the ones that weren't shown is. Because we also, the closing night party, we had a um, live karaoke band that you could get up and you could sing. And um, everyone, I think, there did it at some point. Um, 
uh, Matt and I and our friend Robert did uh, Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, I talked to the other. Um, there was five brand ambassadors for Kia that was that were there. Um, I was one of those five. And we kind of, you know, helped co-host this event with all the influencers. And we all got up there and we sang um, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. It pretty <laughs> magical. Pretty magical moment. That was, Some of that the was pictures. insane. <laughs> Some of the pictures that are coming out of this event um, are kind of horrifying to me just because I have some really weird facial expressions yeah. in them. And I have um, some really but... weird hair in some of them. Oh, my God. Like, my hair is a mess in some of those pictures. <laughs> because we were we were on the roof. That was, like, in the hospitality suite. And so we were, like, on the rooftop of the Hard Rock Hotel. And so, like, the wind is picking up. It was kind of windy. And, yeah. But, but it, it was, it was, it was San amazing. Diego, so yeah, it was San Diego. perfect temperature. Oh, yeah. Temperature <laughs> um, was great. Yeah, we're going to post all those photos online, so yeah. um, please come and check them out. I think Matt's going to do a piece, and I'm, of course, going to do a oh, piece yeah. as well. So, And I will have my our team's video that we did for the contest, which we didn't win, unfortunately. It's because but we had a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. Every... No. It we, wasn't the singing. We, they just went with a concept that none of the other judges got. <laughs> apparently, nobody... None of the judges has seen Tommy Boy. Or knows it enough to get the reference we did. Which was unfortunate. But we had a lot of fun doing it. So, we had fun. It was great. Did anybody gonna, do I'm Baby Driver? that... Did anybody do no Baby Driver? No one did Baby Driver. No. That was... I was... I wanted to do Baby Driver initially. So, initially, um, it was actually just going to be Robert and I on a team. You know, we had... They had announced this a couple weeks ago that they were going to be doing a video contest. So people were already getting teams together and stuff. And so it was initially just Robert and I. And so we, we have been having some conversations about ideas we wanted to do. And I actually, I wanted to do, I wanted to basically recreate the opening scene from baby driver, not the bank robbery part, but the, the scene where babies in the car, <laughs> you just, all the way, all the yeah, way, the, the police chasing <laughs> that's, that would be, that would look yeah. really good for Kia. <laughs> <laughs> just cut it into the video, grab yeah. a YouTube clip. You would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I wanted to do that beginning, that opening couple of minutes. And I thought that would have been really it's, cool. Uh... But then we got two new additions. And so things, things change and we kind of went on the fly and we ended up doing Tommy boy. Yeah, uh, the I team that awesome. won. It was. It was a great video, and you guys had great production. Um, but the team that won did Spice Girls, um, you know, Wannabe. And yeah. they did a really good job. They had a choreographed dance and they everything. They had costumes. They had costumes. They had costumes. I mean, it there was, was another just... team who had T-shirts made. Like, some of these teams came really prepared. <laughs> They so. they went all out. Yeah. I was really impressed. There was a lot of um, a lot of really great content, um, yeah. but it was a really fun event, and it's something that I think it's, it's you go to an event like that, and it's kind of hard to come back to reality afterwards because it's just so much so much fun, and you get to meet so many amazing people, and the food is just so amazing. <laughs> um, it's yeah. hard to to come back, but uh, on that note, I hop on a plane tomorrow. Um, the day this comes out for Chicago for um, Walker Stalker Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. So. <laughs> you should have just slept, stayed at the airport. I probably should have just flown straight to Chicago, like <laughs> when I think about it. But I, I missed Fozzie and Doug. 
It was like the way you said that second. It was like almost an afterthought. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny. Um, (laughs) I was, uh, I have this video that I'm going to try to post uh, from the night where, you know, we got up there last night and um, we were all kind of, you know, being introduced as as brand ambassadors and they're talking about kind of like the future and they're talking about everyone's kids. And then they get to me and they're like, if the future is, you know, this influencer's kids and this influencer's kids and, you know, and then, like, he gets to me, John gets to me, and he's like... And Emma. And Emma Loggins! <laughs> I was like, the only one without kids there. It was kind of, it was kind of bizarre. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny. You, you have, you, a, you have a kid. It's, he, he, she's just furry. <laughs> she is furry. Yeah. She has a lot of hair. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, yeah, so that's, uh, that's why Matt and I are a little bit sleep-deprived. Uh, yeah. Because we're... West Coast time, and well, which means we should be not sleep deprived. I don't know. I'm sleep deprived. Well, it's deprived, like, so. it's, you know, like the trip was short enough to where you don't really adjust to West Coast time until you leave. So, yeah. like, now we're on West Coast time, but we've been still waking up super early because we're adjusted to East Coast time. So, it's exactly. just, it's just very weird and odd. And then Tomorrow just just morning. being on a plane for like four and a half hours itself is draining. So it is. But we're here now. But we're here. And um And we had a blast gonna, and there's gonna be plenty of stuff coming out of both of our social media circles. Definitely. Um so look for that over the next week. Um but let's dive straight into the heart of our podcast and let's talk about some of the um box office results for last week because um, i don't even know what was that was the big one um that came in number one followed by um the new tyler perry flick uh followed by black panther in third i can only imagine in fourth and pacific rim uprising in fifth um you know ready player one for we don't have a budget on that, or I don't have a production bus, uh, budget listed on, on this, but it only grossed $41 million this weekend, which I have to imagine that this is one of the, the films that's kind of upward of $100 million for production budget, right? Well, actually, it actually did better than they were predicting. It was supposed to do around, and what I predicted also was around 35 and it did 41 and You guys also remembered that... Um, it opened on Thursday, so actually its total gross for the for the four days is fifty three. Fifty three. So it's doing. Yeah. So it's it's actually doing really well, and I and be, because that film has got so many Easter eggs, people are going to go see it two or three times just to see all the Easter eggs in it. And I actually contributed right. it to the box office this this weekend because I went and saw Ready Player One because I missed the screening. So that's uh gonna be me next week when i'm back with a quiet place which i am yeah. dying to see um but we'll get into that in a hot second because mike has seen it and uh that comes out this friday but uh so no big shocks here for um, you guys well, in the top five not no no big shocks although uh, i can only imagine just doing an incredible number for a faith-based movie i mean it's done 55 million in just three weeks so it's it's doing incredibly well um, I, Isle of Dogs is at number 11, so it was almost in the top 10. And it was only in 165 theaters, and it did almost $3 million. Well, I don't think it's hitting wide release until um, 
what, what will be the day this podcast comes out, April 6th, right? Yeah, I, believe, I think so. What day is today? Yeah. Today's the 5th, yes. Sorry. That is tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> do you think, because I always find it kind of interesting when you do these kind of staggered releases and think about how that helps or hurts in terms of yeah. how high you can get at the box office. Obviously, you know, you're, it's probably not going to hurt your overall income for the flick, but it is going to hurt how high you can get at the, the box office. Do you think it's going to be in the top 10 next week? And where do you think it'll be? Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be in the top 10. Um, I don't know. Um, I, it's, I'm, I'm looking at, um, I don't think actually this week it goes into wide release. Um, I think it does. Hold on, let me check. Let me confirm that. I feel like um, I feel like I read that. Let me consult with IMDB <laughs> to confirm that. I feel like you know people are still giving me crap about saying that wrong, but like the last two hundred times I've said it, I've said it right. So just saying. Um, all right, where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, April 13th. 13th. I swear to God, it said six last week. Um, All right. Well, it came out even overseas. It came out February 15th in Germany, 21st in the UK, 28th in Ireland. It's a... It's very staggered staggered release, yeah. Really staggered. Um, It's not coming out in Hong Kong and Brazil until June 14th. Do you guys know if there's a reason for doing it like this? Because it seems like... Well, it's a smaller film. It's a, it's a Wes Anderson film. It's a smaller that's film, but why not just why stagger it like this? Because they can, they can, because they're also, it's a smaller, um, it's a smaller film. It's also a smaller company. So their the resources are, are stretched pretty thin by just in the U.S. release. And therefore, if you stagger the release in other countries, then you can put your full marketing weight behind each country. Okay, so as you're making money at the box office, that allows you to put more money into the marketing in these other countries right. you're releasing it in. Right. All right, that makes sense. Well, I, so um, this weekend, I think Quiet Place is gonna is gonna win the box office. Um, I, I it's 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 gonna be one of those films that I think is gonna be around for a long time because a lot of people are gonna talk about it, and it's a horror film. Um, but it's a very different type of horror film. So I'm looking at uh, this weekend at doing like um, $29, $30 million. And then, uh, Do we know what the uh, production budget was on that yet? Uh, or? I don't know. I don't think it would be that much because there's, there's literally six people in the film. I mean, and that there are some special effects that they had to do, but there's not as much as you could think for that. It's a lot more about what you hear uh, rather than what you see in this film. Uh, but I, gotcha. I, but I think, it, I think it'll, it'll, it'll do, it'll come in first. Uh, I think ready player one, because of those, all those um, Easter eggs will come in second. And then the new comedy blockers, well, I think will come in third. Okay. Um, looks like I just looked this up uh, a quiet place production budget was 17 million. So, it's, uh, yeah, it should have a good opening weekend then. Uh, well, on that note, let's uh, let's dive into things. We uh, Matt and I have seen neither one of these films. <laughs> we were in San Diego this week. Yep. Um, but we have A Quiet Place and Blockers. Um, which one do you want to start with, Mike? Let's go ahead and start with Blockers. Um, okay. 
So basically, um, three parents, played by John Cena, Leslie Mann, and Ike Berholtz, um, they find out um, that their three daughters who are going to their prom are going to have sex on prom night. And so they do this mad chase to try to hunt down their daughters and stop them from having sex. Uh, actually, two of them are trying to stop them. Um, Ike uh, character is actually against it um, because he know, he has he knows a secret about his daughter, and that's that she's gay. Although she has not come out to anybody, including him, he just fig- has figured it out. And so they basically go um, all around the suburbs trying to find their kids and keep missing them. And that's ba- while the kids are trying to find a place to have sex. Were you bored at all? I was not bored at all. This this movie, and it's it surprised the uh, crud out of me because of the fact that I did not like the trailer. In fact, I, I have a thing on my last one to leave the theater website where sometimes I, I pick a, a trailer that I think the movie looks really bad. And this was on my, my list that I thought this movie was going to be bad. It is funny from the start. And there are portions there. There was, there's this one section and it's in the trailer. So I'm not giving anything away, but um, John Cena, in order to get into the, to this party where they think the kids are located, um, he has to um, uh, shoot uh, beer, but it's not in his mouth. It's going into his butt. And All right. the woman, I know it. it I know it sounds bad, <laughs> but the the woman beside the woman behind me, I thought she was gonna. I literally thought she was gonna burst. She was laughing so hard. There are, there's dialogue in this film that I could not hear because not only was everybody else laughing, but I was laughing. It's a really raunchy film. It's it's um, it's produced by uh, Seth Rogen, and since we've had some experiences with Seth Rogen uh, in raunchiness, um, it's definitely raunchy. But it is just one of the best comedies. It could be could be one of the best comedies of the year. Um, and it's, and it's, I haven't laughed this, this much in a long time. It is so funny and so well done. John Cena and Leslie Mann are just great in it, but also the kids are great. Um, that's the other thing is that, that the kids are just amazing. Uh, the three, the three uh, women that, that play the teenage girls are just amazing. Um, and as, especially, um, uh, I'm, boy, I'm going to butcher this name. Geraldine Viswanathan. Uh, that's not a great pronunciation, but I'm going to go with it. That sounds that sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> just got, you just got to say it with conviction, Mike. So she, yeah, just say it, say it like you mean so, it. So, <laughs> so Geraldine plays uh, John Cena's uh, daughter, and he's basically raised her um, as a jock. Um, she's, you know, they 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 like fist bump and they. Um, you know they're always you know, he, they're always using uh, sports analogies and stuff, and she's just really really good in this. She's got some great comedic timing. Um, there's some smaller parts even like Gina Gershon and Gary Cole uh, play the parents of one of the teenage boys that um, knows where the parties are, and they're very funny in it. I mean it, the whole cast is just fun. It's just a fun movie. Uh, don't take the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a kids movie. 
Um, it is very adult in its comedy, but it, I was laughing the whole way through. So eye-rolling, were you overly annoyed at any of the, the scenes or uh, humor in this one? Um, the only thing I was annoyed at is they, they, they trivialized the um, drug use. Um, there's a character called Chef, and he's a guy that uh, he's known for baking stuff with like marijuana in it. But they get to a point uh, where he made a cake with acid in it. And and so and then the, and one of the kids said, "Yeah, that was so good." And I, I was out of my mind. I almost died. I'm like, yeah, it's not. You know, if they just kept it with marijuana, I've been been fine with it. But but they, and then so that that's the only thing that I didn't like about it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, best or worst performance? Well, I've already Geraldine is is really really good in it, but uh, Cena's also. Just funny attack. And Leslie Mann, you know, even if Leslie Mann's in a bad movie, she's, she elevates it to, to where it makes it okay. Because she's just got some really good comedic timing. Um, there really isn't a bad performance in this film. They're, everybody's good in this film. I mean, it's it's a, just a fun film to watch. And how recognizable was Atlanta it's, in it's, it for it's you? It mostly takes place in the suburbs, so there wasn't anything we'd recognize other than uh, the uh, um, the Marriott. Uh, well, uh, overall, one to five, what would you give this one, Mike? I would give it a, a 4.5. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Wow, that's That's impressive, high. yeah. It's, it is a funny, funny film. And it's there's some, there's some sections that are just... And it just keeps... The, the laughs just keep coming. That's the, the other thing. It's, it's, it's consistent um, that it's, it's just funny throughout the whole thing. Um, I, I just, I, and I'm not a big Rachi film fan, but this one is just really, really funny. Well, this is going to be an interesting tone shift as we go from a raunchy comedy to a quiet place. Um, this, I think, is probably one of the movies I have been most excited to see in 2018. And I am literally the first chance I have to go see this. I am using my movie pass for the second time, which is really sad because I've had it for like five months now, um, to go see this. Uh, but set this one up for us, Mike. Well, uh, very simply, is a family that's um, living out in the country and they're forced to live in silence because they're hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. And that's that's the plot. This is what the whole movie's about. Is is they're living day to day um with the fact that they can't make any noise at all. That they they line the like they go into town and they line the the walkways with sand so that their their footprints don't make any they have outlines in the house where you can walk where it won't make a noise um they like you see it in the trailer they're playing monopoly but all the everything that they're using is sound dampening um material like cloth so they're living with the fact that any noise brings these creatures out and they're deadly and they've been killing uh, this 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 movie takes place um, over a period of a couple of years, um, so you see the progression, and we don't know what the creatures are, and we don't know 
why they showed up, but it's obvious that they've been killing for a while because the town is deserted. All right. Well, um, let me, let's start out with some fun facts on this one before we, we dive into your official review of it. Um, obviously, for, for those that don't know, uh, John Kraginski and Emily Blunt are married in real life. So that's kind of a fun fact. No, it's um, an adorable he, fact. His, it is. And I will say right now, with all of the celebrity <laughs> splits that have been happening with Channing Tatum and, um, and his wife this, last, this past week, and I was really saddened by that. This is like the only other one that I can think of currently on my radar that I would be like really devastated about because to me he's always going to be Jim um, from The Office. And wait, well, you got another well, one? Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. They have, that would also that would be devastating. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that would be devastating. Um, I don't know. You just you want to believe that? Oh, Doug brought Fozzie in for the podcast. I thought things were going so well, and now there's. Well, <laughs> there's a golden doodle in here. Yay! Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be the Atlas unless there was a dog barking. Um, but uh, Emily Blunt, when she first read um, his first draft of the script, I don't think he originally wrote it. Brian Woods and Scott Becks uh, did the original screenplay, which only contained one line of dialogue. Um, and then John Krasinski did a draft of it, and... Emily wanted to be cast opposite of him in the film, and then he agreed, and of course they were both both cast as leads in the film. Um, another fun fact, the filmmakers purchased 20 tons of corn and hired local farmers to grow it. So that's, what was uh, what was the other movie that did that? Was it, um, I think it was Inception. 20 tons of corn? Or I think it, I think it was Inception that like just bought a ton of corn. No, not it, not in, not Inception. Um, the other one from Nolan, uh, Interstellar. Oh yeah, there was a there was a huge uh, cornfield scene in that one too. Why don't they just shoot in a cornfield? Why do they need to purchase the corn yeah. and hire people? So Christopher oh, no- right. Christopher Nolan <laughs> planted a five hundred acre cornfield for Interstellar. Wow. All right. I wonder what happens with that corn afterwards. Mm. I mean, they, 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 sell it or, they sell it or give it away or... It's like if the movie fails, at least they'll have the income. From they'll, have, they'll have the corn. corn <laughs> <laughs> at least they'll be the corn. Um, all right. Sorry, Mike. Let's <laughs> dive into your review. Well, um, I, will, I will say this. The you... cornfield is an integral part of the movie. So. Cool. Cool. Um does that mean they destroy it? Is that why they had to purchase it? No, no spoilers. No spoilers. Don't tell me. <laughs> all yeah. right. Um, were you bored at all during this one? Absolutely not. This is an amazing film. Um, you kind of mentioned that there's very little dialogue. There is some dialogue in it, um, but most of the time they communicate with American Sign Language. Um, one of uh, their kids, their the daughter, is deaf. Um, she's played by Millicent Simmons, who was also in um, uh, um, Wonderstruck. And she is deaf in real life. Um, so uh, there, there, but there is some, there is some points where they do talk. Um, there's a, there's a scene where he and his oldest son go uh, fishing and it's by a waterfall and, um, 
they go under the waterfall and they're able to talk under the waterfall because the waterfall makes making so much noise that the creatures can't hear them. But most of the time, they're using sign language. So, what I'm curious to know is how was your viewing experience, like in the theater, because so much of it is so quiet. Like, it, I imagine like any little noise from the audience and stuff would be distracting. It, it's funny because. Um, the audience senses that, and so they really I, – I actually talked to somebody that was walked out with almost a full uh, thing of popcorn. And I was like, did you get a refill? And, and she said, no. I didn't want to make any noise because nobody else was making noise, so I didn't need wow. it. So you know, the audience was really quiet. Um, uh, now, there were a couple of times where there's some jump out of the dark, and there's not too many of that. But there's a couple of times where there's a jump out of the dark type of scare. And, you know, as always with a large audience, somebody, some, a few people are going to laugh because they got so scared. Um, yeah. This, if only they were that respectful for every other movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I heard almost no talking. And this was a full theater. Um, and in very little, little, uh, uh, very little sounds. I mean, because this film right from the start is this, it, it, a great deal of this film is like you're watching a silent film, but, but noise is so important because of these creatures there. That's there. They hunt by their, their, their hearing. So, um, sound becomes just amazing when it, when it does happen. Um, and I, I'm I, curious to know what, percentage of that 17 million in production went to the sound design because i'm sure i wouldn't be surprised if most of it went to it well that i like i said the creatures um you don't always see them but then as the film goes on you see them more and more um uh, it's it's a really so do we do we know what the creatures are like are they alien or we don't we don't know the backstory no, on that. We don't you don't know anything. Um, no, nothing's ever really explained. There are um, John uh, Krasinski's uh, character is trying to figure out what the creatures are, how many creatures are out there. Um, he has collected newspapers. Um, so this is happening all over all over the world. He has you see very early on. I'm not giving away too much that. Um, this is happening all over the world, so it's got to be some sort of alien invasion. Um, because he's by uh, shortwave radio, he's trying to contact some anybody around the world, and that's one of the things he does on a daily basis is try to contact other cities. Um, and there's just nobody out there. And then, like I said, the town is deserted. There's cars abandoned. Um, you do see some newspaper headlines, so you know it's happening. Like there's a um, I took this to be upstate New York uh, because there's a New York Daily Post uh, headline and it's talking about the creatures. Um, so, Well, it seems like um, partial filming took place in Little Falls, New York, and then a significant location shooting took place on Westover Road in Pauling, uh, New York. So it's, it sounds like you're, you're on with that. Yeah, so we, but we, that's, it's never, that's never answered. And, right. and I will say this, it's got a great ending that the, that the crowd uh, clapped at. So just know that there's a really cool ending. Oh, oh. 
Um, well, for you, I imagine you weren't rolling your eyes at absolutely, all. Absolutely, absolutely not. This is an amazing piece of filmmaking. Um, I was captivated right from the start. Um, he's he's a really good director, and he's got he he kept the camera um, the camera moving a lot, and he also did some really interesting shots that I thought was really really cool. Cool. Um, best or worst performance in this? Or it sounds like it was all pretty good. Yeah, the, um, everybody's great. I mean, Emily Blunt is amazing in it. Um, uh, Krasinski is really good. Um, the three kids are good. I, I especially like um, uh, Listen, um, the, the the young woman who's deaf. Um, that and so you can see that's a handicap because she she can't hear. Um, and so she, a lot of times she doesn't know that they're in danger because she can't hear. Right. Um, well, obviously this wasn't filmed in Atlanta. This is filmed in New York. <laughs> so no, no Atlanta factor here. Um, overall on a scale of one to five, what do you give this one? I would give it a, a 10 or a hundred. I mean, it's, this is an amazing film. Wow. This is, a, so, this is an amazing film. Um, I, You've literally never said yeah. that about any film we've ever reviewed. So this is like your favorite film of all time. <laughs> it's not my favorite film of all time, but it is, it is an incredibly creative film and is very well done. Um, and, con- and considering the fact that there's only basically five characters in this film, um, it's just an amazing piece of filmmaking. And it's, it's enthralling. It really is. It is such a different experience than we're used to. Well, I'm excited to How see it. How do you it. feel? I am too. I am too. And I feel like, it's, do you feel like, because this isn't obviously um, last year with, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally, how am I spacing on it? The movie, the, the horror movie, February last year. Oh, Get Out? Help. Yeah, Get Out. Yeah, get out! <laughs> like, like help! This is this is what happens when you you record a podcast right after you get off a plane. Um, <laughs> like, it's almost like kind of early in the year, um, like after the bad movies pass in January, like spring. You know, this year and last year, you're getting this psychological thriller type flick. Um, do you feel like because that was kind of surprising? Like, Get Out was a, a surprising. I, well, I feel like anytime you see a horror movie that's really good, it's kind of surprising, and they usually tend to be more psychological, the ones that are really, really good. Yeah. Um, how surprised were you by that? And, like, how would you compare it in terms of, like, psychological thriller to Get Out? Well, it, I mean, it's got a different feel, obviously, than Get Out. Um, this, but right. this, this is psychological because of the fact that they're living in constant fear. Um, the, uh, the middle kid... Um, he's played by Noah Jupe. Um, his character thing is Marcus. Um, he is in constant fear. I mean, he li- he literally lives in fear. And he like when when they go on that fishing trip, he doesn't want to go. He wants to stay with mom because he feels safer in the house than out in the open. Um, it's so it's it's more it is more psychological. And like I said. Um, you don't really see the creatures for a while. You hear them, but you don't see them for a while. And then when you do, uh, they're they're right up there with like alien, um, as far as creatures. They're they're very impressive and very scary. Um, 
So, but but a lot of it is just psychological and the fact that they're they're reacting to something that can hear them but can't see them. Well, as um, again, haven't seen this movie, so this may be a dumb question. But do you feel like there's any potential for for more films in this space, like uh, like a, a Quiet Place too, or is this like a really a quieter place? place. A quieter place. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, I would a silent place. I would hope not. Um, there, I don't. I, I, I really don't want to answer that. Uh, but I would hope not. Let me, I'll just say that. I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to okay. get too much away from of this film because it really is something you need to experience. Okay. Well, I plan on doing that literally as soon as I'm back from this next trip. I'm. I'm really excited to see this one. And I feel like all of the best horror films, in my opinion, are ones that are like just psychologically mess you up. Yeah. So I'm really well, excited to yeah, see this. Yeah, th- that's the type of films that I like are the films that don't rely on jump out of the dark. You know, they don't rely on their scares coming from just something jumping out of the dark. There's a couple of times that things do jump out of the dark, but most of the time, like I said, it's built up. The tension in this film, you're by the end of the film, you're you're going to want to take a nap because it's, you're on the edge of your seat right from the start. You have no you, right from the start. You have no no idea why they are they're doing what they're doing as far as the family. But it's you're, you'll find out soon. I feel like if I take a nap after seeing this, I'm going to have nightmares. Oh, oh well, there's there's, there's already been complaints. Um. There's already been complaints of people that have seen the screenings. The fact that they couldn't sleep that night. It's a scary film. <laughs> It really is. And it's because he builds this tension up so well. And he, he establishes um, what these creatures can do um, very early on. And so that makes it even more terrifying. Well, um, you have that one and Blockers coming out this weekend. And then you also, um, is there any other big films? Yeah, there's not any big films, but America? you got Chep, Chep Quiddick and you have... Um, uh, the volleyball miracle season. yeah miracle season which is a, based on a true story about uh, a star player die gets killed in an accident and the um the team dedicates the season to her and helen hunt plays their toughest nails coach who motivates them and they go on and win a championship without their best player it's from the same director that did uh, um soul Surf- surfer their inspirational gotcha. uh, film about the uh, the surfboard champion that lost her arm to a shark attack. Gotcha. Well, um, we've got those are your options this weekend, and the next uh, next week we'll be talking about Rampage. And is Truth or Dare next week? Yes, too? Truth or Dare is next week also. I have no okay. idea. So. I am still on San Diego time. <laughs> I'm still in San Diego time, too. I know that I am going to see Rampage, though, which uh, was another Atlanta-filmed movie, so I'm excited to see that one. It's a video game movie, though. I mean, it's The Rock, so... It is, but it's The Rock. I mean, look at Jumanji and what Jumanji was. It was a board game movie. And then then look at Baywatch and what Baywatch was. (laughs) I mean, I was, I think, the only one here that kind of liked Baywatch, but that's fine. But... Um, anywho's, we also get into um, Atlanta Film Festival 
uh, next week too at the end of the week. So uh, we'll have a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys next week. And um, I do want to note one thing because I didn't ask Mike about this, but Mike actually got to sit down uh, with Amy Schumer for her upcoming flick, I Feel Pretty. Um, and I think that comes out not next week, but the following week. Is that right? Uh, yes. Does that, does that yeah. sound right? All right. Um, so I definitely want to hear about that and how that went. Uh, so we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode as well. Um, but do you guys have anything else for this week? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Just uh, Atlanta Film Festival starting yeah. next week. Yeah. Go, yeah, go out and buy a Kia like, Stinger. Like, that's that's what I have to say. Go, go, <laughs> yeah, go, go, go out and get get yourself a test drive and a, and a Stinger. If you live in Chicago, the uh, Stinger experience is this weekend. So, you know, come to Walker Stalker and Heroes and Villains Fan Fest and go try out the Stinger. It's uh, all of the great things in one city this weekend. You, you should, like, get the actors, the Walking Dead actors, to, like, drive a Stinger and, like, film them. Combine both your worlds, both your brands. Both of my worlds. I feel like that that would be like, like that's something. I'll leave that to Kia. I mean, they've already got uh, Steven Tyler uh, yeah. driving yeah. <laughs> driving it around. So, um, but yeah. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about all of that next week and how how the convention and everything goes this weekend. So. Stay tuned, but uh, until next week, thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBold.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm the guy they left behind here in Atlanta. I'm Mike McKinney with last one to leave the theater.com and ATLCW.TV. Who would have who seen the movies then? We would have had no yeah. movie reviews this week, and our None. audiences would have been left in the dark. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.